<laughs> you're like, yeah, I love challenging myself, even if there's like, you know, a psychotic murderer on the loose. It's Tuesday, January 29th, and you're listening to the Typed Out Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Polifrone. Every week, Typed Out aims to deliver conversations that seek to expand the boundaries of understanding and acceptance. In today's episode, we are tackling fear, especially when it comes to doing the things that we want to change or achieve. My guest today has carved her own path in the fitness space, redefining the way gender norms are shaped and perceived. She has been featured in a variety of magazines from Shape, Health, and Fabuplus, and even appeared on Good Day New York. Now, after years of cultivating her experience as a personal trainer, Maurit Summers has opened a fitness studio of her own, Form Fitness. Maurit, welcome. It's a pleasure to speak with you today. Hi, Nick. How are you? <laughs> Doing well, thank you. So before we really get into the meat of talking about fear, because that's such an all-encompassing topic, and I think especially this time of year, as people are kind of moving into maybe their second, third week, fourth week of a New Year's resolution, fear might be playing a good part of that. So I think that's one great thing to hit on now. But before we do jump into it, this podcast is made possible by Audible, which is the leader in audiobook content. And Maurit, do you have a book that you would recommend to our listeners? Uh, one of the books that I recently read that I really liked is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Morrison. Yes. So, um, and I just thought that while he is a man and he used, <laughs> you know, a lot of, I think, manly um, descriptions, I was able to still relate the things that he was saying to my life. Um, so I thought, again, I think that that was a, a great read and something that a lot of people should consider reading. Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard so much about the subtle art of not giving a fuck. So this is a great incentive to check it out. And yeah, definitely. for any listeners that are listening along, you can actually listen along to uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck for free. If you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash typed out. So again, we'll repeat that information for you towards the tail end of the episode. And if you jump onto our website, www.typedout.co, you can also find a link to access that book again for free. Okay, Maury. Yes. Fear. So the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this is because I saw that you are doing a workshop surrounding fear and sort of talking about because I know that you love doing Spartan races and that's been a, a big part of your fitness journey. Yeah. And talking with people about getting over that initial fear of participating in the race. Absolutely. Uh, so we are doing the Facing Your Fears workshop on February 3rd. And I wanted to create an opportunity for people to come and speak about what they are afraid of. Like, why is it that you think you can't do something? Yeah. Because that's really what's stopping people either from signing up for a Spartan race or just generally speaking, signing or kind of doing many, many things. Right. Yeah. Um, so I've been there. <laughs> um, I did my first actually Tough mutter probably, I don't know, like nine years ago. Mm -hmm. And... I was terrified. I was like, why did I sign up for this? Like, what am I thinking? I'm not going to survive. The paramedics are going to have to pull me off the course. Like, <laughs> this is just this is just going to be really bad. And even nine years ago, I was 
you know, decently active. Yeah. Um, and I still was just like, no, you're too fat. No, you can't run. No, you can't do this. Like, and all of these just terrible negative thoughts. Um, and so for me, again, the fear was I won't complete it. Mm. And like, how embarrassing would that be? Again, for me, that stems back from uh, childhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you had this in school, but the mile runs. Oh, yes. I didn't complete those. I couldn't run. I was really overweight and had a really hard time and was always embarrassed. Mm. And so that embarrassment really kind of stuck with me for a long time. Like still to this day, that's something that I struggle with. But luckily, um, even though I walked a lot of that 13 mile Tough Mudder, <laughs> I finished it. Yeah. And that was kind of the start of a, a new push for myself, if that makes sense. Something where I was willing to at least start to try. Yeah. And for anyone that is listening that's not familiar with what a Tough Mudder is, it's how long are the courses usually, Maureen? It can be anywhere from three miles to 13 miles. Um, they Each company of these obstacle course races offers many different um, variations of the race. Yeah. So the Spartan race that my group is doing, um, and anyone can join our team, <laughs> is on uh, April 13th at City Field, and it's only about four miles. And there's like these crazy obstacles too. So it's not just about whether or not you can run three to 13 miles. You're hauling ass over these monstrous obstacles and like pulling yourself through mud. A lot of it, you know, it's upper body strength as well. Absolutely. So it's funny because the reason that I, you know, was like willing to give it a try was because I was like, well, I hate running and I'm not good at running, but I'd love to use my upper body to like pull something or whatever. So I was like, well, I guess you get a break from the running during each obstacle. (laughs) And so I've always convinced myself each time I'm like, well, if you go slower on the running, it's okay because you'll get to the obstacle and you'll be able to take a break. Yeah. That was my thing. You'll take a break. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes you have to, and there's no shame in that. At all. No shame at all. And there's, there's even no shame too, if like you can't make it to the finish line. It's all, it's all about like knowing our own limitations and there's, there's no reason to feel upset with yourself or shame around not being able to complete a task. It's, it's realizing where you are in that day, in that moment, what your body is capable of that day and then reattacking the next day. You know, every day Absolutely. affords us a new opportunity to to move towards success. Absolutely. But one thing I do want to come back to is like in your story, the the young girl who was doing the mile run in school, <laughs> what was the transition from her to the Maurit that wanted to tackle her first tough mutter? I was just like always embarrassed, like f- just hated I hated myself, right? Like I hated being the fat kid. I hated that I couldn't keep up with the other kids. Like why did, why was I uh, different than all the other kids? And so at the age of 14, I joined a gym because again, I hated like gym class, but I wanted to lose weight. Mm. You know, like that was the 14 year old girl mentality. I was like, I want to lose weight. So Um, I started working out with a personal trainer at the age of 14 and like, thank God for her because I started lifting weights and doing new movements and kind of, you know, learning my body. It wasn't really until 
my kind of adult life that I started to find my athletic self, mm-hmm. like my competitive athletic self, that major transition, the question, like the question that you had was my initial wanting to move was, was based off of embarrassment, was based off of just not, not wanting to be who I was, you mm-hmm. know, and like how sad and how ridiculous is that? But I am happy that I was able to kind of turn that into a positive and find fitness, which is now my entire life. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we say ridiculous, but that those things aren't easy. You know, when, no. when you are made fun of or ostracized or othered for any reason, making that catalyst decision to move past that into transformation, like fear plays a lot into that, right? Because it's yeah. like, in one of my conversations, actually, my, my initial conversation in 2019 with Sorobi Karstafner, we talk about how um, she finds comfort in her size. Like she also mm-hmm. has gone through a, a transformational journey. But and you would say that that could be physical, but it's more internal for oh, Sorobi, where it was like, you know, yeah, there was weight loss involved, but it was more the journey of self and coming to a place of like feeling comfort no matter yeah regardless of size a hundred percent so i've so my current journey it has been all about that so in the last i'd say four years i again so even four years ago it was like i want to lose weight i want to lose weight i hate my body you know and again this was some me this was someone who was working out all the time and and a personal trainer for years and years and years and i still i couldn't stand looking in the mirror Mm. or getting on the scale and feeling like um, I didn't really belong in my position as a personal trainer, if that makes sense. Um, uh, by then, like suggested industry standards, you would say. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So my journey in the last four years has has really transformed into, I actually think my body's fantastic. The things that it's capable of. Yes, honey. Um, <laughs> like, you know, and of course I still have days where I look in the mirror and I'm like, why do I look like this? And not like, I don't know, one of the models that you see, you know, like things like that. Or why do I have back rolls and people don't like it, it, we do. We have to. The industry, the world is just putting information out there that we think is normal. But no, if you walk down the street, we all look completely different. So yeah. it's really unfair that that's something that is in our heads. Yeah. And so I would say, even though I still struggle with it, I think that never goes away. But yeah. I'm on the other side of it. I'm on the positive side of it where I've turned that um, I want to lose weight. I want to look like everybody else into nope, I want to be as strong as I can possibly be and perform to the best of my abilities. Yeah. And like, again, have turned it into a real positive where now I feel like I can speak to, I didn't want to live my life like that. I don't want to be 70, 80 years old and be like, I was dieting my entire life. That's awful. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds miserable. I mean, right? the other thing is like, tell me one person, like introduce me to one person. And if you are listening to this episode and you don't, look in the mirror or f- feel some kind of way about yourself let me know because like if yeah. you have tapped into that unbelievable confidence where there isn't a moment where you're like ah oh, i wish right. or if only this because of the way that especially size and physicality is pressed upon us in this society yep there is so much pressure around it and even it's... people that again by industry standards have the perceived perfect body there is still 
those seeds of doubt, the the whole Always. striving for perfection, you know? So, Always. and it's just like, how much of that is sustainable, truly and honestly? No, like, absolutely. You know, and it's more about really finding that comfort inside. And I always argue that change has to start from within in order for it to affect without. Absolutely. I, yeah. I agree 100%. So I do want to ask, Mo, yes. what has been the toughest thing that you've had to overcome and how did fear play a large part of that? I think that it is, uh, for me, it was this idea that like I wanted to be a personal trainer, but I just battled constantly with the idea that like I shouldn't be. I don't look like one, or at least what we think one should look like. Mm. (laughs) And I had, in my early uh, career as a personal trainer, had many managers make me feel like I shouldn't be there and and use words like calling me fat and telling me, well, you need to lose weight to get clients and you won't be successful and this, that, and the third. And so I had to, I cried a lot and I was afraid a lot and I felt incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. But I just kept pushing through it because for me, it's like, if you tell me I can't, I'm, I'm going to do it. And so, you know, the only way for you to get better at something is to be uncomfortable. And so I did. I spent a lot of years being, um, I don't want to keep using the word uncomfortable, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uncomfortable it, with what I was doing and, and doubting myself and, and trying and trying and trying to lose weight to fit in. And it wasn't until I really found again, my like inner strength, my mental inner strength and all of that, but also my outer strength and not trying to lose weight, but trying to get stronger where I have started to be like, oh, no, 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 you're good. Like, you know what you're talking about. You're smart. You've studied like you're a good personal trainer and you can do this. And so it's drastically changed uh, my career path. As you said, I now own a fitness studio. Yep. That's not something that I thought I would be doing four years ago. I wanted it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean that I thought I'd actually have it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And what has been the response when you show up in that space and people and you break down those norms of what a personal trainer should be and look like? What has been the response as far as people seeing your success and also finding representation of themselves in you? Well, number one no one has commented in a negative way not a single person right yeah there's only been positive congratulatory comments and the response is really seeing people coming in so we're getting all of these people that are like oh i actually really like that this woman is not the normal fitness industry personal trainer because I feel comfortable being around her and the space. Yeah. Right. So we're getting inquiries from people that weren't too intimidated to go to the gym with the size two personal trainer. Right. So whether it's, you know, like that to me shows that it was the right thing to do and that it's exactly what we needed to do. And it also goes to show like how much when you start taking those steps towards overcoming fear how much comfort plays a level in that, you know, because you do want to challenge yourself, but if you can find something or a way to begin to, to take that journey, the first step in that journey where you feel comfortable challenging yourself, you know, because it, it is going to be that it is very much going Uh to be a challenge. Yep. Putting yourself in a space that is conducive to your best outcome. Absolutely. Is great. You know? Yeah. So I think for folks that have been wanting a space like form fitness, That is great news, and thank you for providing that. 
Anytime. So, yeah. <laughs> but another thing is like when we talk about fear, right? So in this yeah. case, that happens to be with like body image and size. But right. there's so many things that fear applies to that we prevent ourselves from really doing the things that we want to do that yeah living life (laughs) living life absolutely to put it in the best words possible and it makes me think of so like oprah i love uh listening to her super soul conversations and she was in conversation with somebody about fear and talking about creative blocks specifically and he was saying that anything that we attempt in our lives that is going to bring about change will be met with resistance yeah he said that you can call it fear you can call it the negative voice in your head you can prescribe it any title or name that you want but it really is resistance and it's a force that is inherent in people based off of like times when we were in fight or flight mode right where we would evaluate things based off of is this a danger to me right should i move away from this thing so when we step up to something that presents challenge we then have this ingrained fear or resistance to that thing yes especially if it's something that might be to our betterment um but i wanted to ask how much of fear is rooted in the negative perception of failure like how many people don't want to so like coming back to your story of of doing the tough mutter right would you say that some part of that was like not wanting to fail oh absolutely yeah i still don't want to fail right like we no one wants to fail right so the answer is there's nothing wrong with failing it and obviously it depends on the situation so i'm gonna back away from the tough mutter for a second but i just opened a gym i just put all the money i had into my business yeah and you know there's a big big part of me that has this massive fear that i'm gonna end up living on the streets if this fails oh yes tell me about it (laughs) (laughs) like this is real this is not fake fear right like this is real (laughs) right there are real stakes at hand yeah right but i had to take the leap every other part of me every other sense that i had the universe everything was telling me nope this is right and you have to do it and so if i had let that fear get in the way what would I be doing now? I'd probably still be doing personal training, but would I be as happy and fulfilled as I am now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's there's fear in, in everything. And so if I can relate it to exercise, for me, the Tough Mudder and, and, and everything else, years past that first Tough Mudder, I wasn't actually able to push myself as hard as I am now yeah. because I was always afraid that I wouldn't make it through. Even in like a simple, I'm going to work out alone today. I wasn't able to push myself as hard. Every excuse in the book would come up. I would get a stomach cramp or I would feel a little too hot or I'd be a little nauseous or my clothes were not fitting properly and getting in my way. Whatever it would be, that fear turned into excuses, right? And so now, again, because I was able to like you step by step, you push past different fears one step at a time. Now I'm able to push myself much harder, again, I'm talking physically, in workouts because I'm not letting those excuses get in the way. How do you overcome excuses? Because it's so easy to be like, uh, I'm tired today. I didn't get a good sleep last night or God, work was so hard and strenuous. Like maybe I'll do this another time. One of the things that worked for me generally and like 
that helped me kind of uh, get past a certain hump was I started training for something specific. Mm. I wasn't training to lose weight anymore because that is the most broad goal. Yeah. Right. And it also is not actually what anybody wants. I mean, we do. We want to lose weight because that's what we're told we want. But why do you want to lose weight? Yeah. I personally, and this is, I'm going to get real deep with you, Nick. <laughs> Please do. Let, bring I, it. Oh, I've always associated losing weight with being able to um, be happier, being able to find a man, right? Mm. Like things like that. Yeah. Right. And so, oh, you're single because you're too fat. Like those were the things in my head. Yeah. And so finally, <laughs> when I started to train for something, something that was for me, that changed. Yeah. So I was training for my first powerlifting meet and I was training for me. I wanted to do the competition. I wanted to see what I was capable of. And so even though, yes, every time I had to work out, I was too tired and I didn't want to, I did it because I made a commitment to myself, yeah. not to anybody else, not to please anybody else. And those are the most important commitments to make are the ones to yourself. Exactly. Because it's kind of, it's a personal contract. You know, it's just like at the end of the day, you need to be happy and the best version of yourself so that you can be the best version of yourself for others, you know, that you can exactly. provide the most service to people and the things that you do truly. Absolutely. Coming back to form fitness and even just now taking on that entrepreneur level, were there any points, I know that you were saying the universe was backing you up and all the signs said go. I'm in the same thing with typed out trying to do, mm -hmm. make this a, a, a real full-time gig. Did you come across resistance or fear there beyond the financial? Were there moments like even you put the down payment on the space or something mm -hmm. where it was just like you hit yet another road bump that you kept coming across resistance or fear in that way? Luckily, no. Uh, there were small little road bumps, but nothing that I can really complain about. Yeah. Well, that's um, good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I It's almost like weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I had really planned this out. And again, like that's I just I was ready to do it. And it was really the right thing. And again, the reason I say the universe was giving me the signs, too, is because I got really lucky with the space that I was able to rent out with, you know, having family and friends that were able to help me. Uh, otherwise, I would not have been able to do it. So I got really lucky in that sense. And so I can't really say that anything else uh, was there to stop me other than, yeah. again, this idea of pure failure. <laughs> right. And also, it seems like you have such a cool team of trainers at Form Fitness. I do. Yes. <laughs> I do. And we're still growing. <laughs> yeah, And you're growing? And we're still growing. Yes. Yeah. So uh, at Form Fitness, so it's a personal training studio. So we rent the space out to other trainers. Right. So they are their own boss. Mm -hmm. uh, they make their own schedule. They um, get to train however they want to train. And so right now we're we have about eight to ten trainers that we have working with us and that when we get inquiries, we hand out to the trainers. And it's been really great. We're still again, we're still growing and looking for other trainers to use the space. And we're going to be adding some classes, um, one of which I'd actually love to tell you about because I'm I'm really excited about it. And I don't think it really exists out there. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I've encountered with the people that are reaching out to me inquiring about personal training is people that are true beginners. OK. Have never worked out before and, you know, lifted weights or anything like that. And a lot of these people can't necessarily afford 
what I charge for personal training, which I understand is a lot of money. Yeah. So what we're going to do is offer beginner classes and it's going to be a small group of six people for five weeks, two classes a week where you come in and you learn movement and then you are able to go out on your own and take what you've learned and do it. Nice. So it's not necessarily group fitness class because, in, you know, you could walk into any gym and, and you'll join whatever the class is and they say squat and lunge, but you still don't know how. Right. So we want to take the opportunity to teach you those movements and let you invest in yourself in order to then have the tools to do it on your own. Yeah. And we'll be starting those classes in March, so you can keep an eye out for the flyers and stuff like that. <laughs> yes, and we will definitely be sure to share on all typed out social. So anybody that is in the... You're based in Brooklyn, correct, Marie? We are, Brooklyn yeah. Heights. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so for anybody that happens to be in the New York City area, if you are hoping to learn the language of fitness, we will be sharing form fitness's beginner program when that stuff is released (laughs) so the one thing i do want to like coming into fitness spaces and also talking about folks that might feel uncomfortable entering a space because of Mm -hmm. being what society would deem as different or other how does form fitness create an open and exclusive space like i i think of like you know especially for like our trans folks you know like how can you find an open and inclusive environment absolutely so here's all i can promise i can promise that no one that works in our space and none of the clients are judging anybody Mm. i i can't you know there isn't much else that i can do um and you know so here's an example we only have one bathroom we don't have locker rooms Right. So in form fitness, that's not something like I am unable to create a specific bathroom or um, a gender neutral bathroom. So we have one bathroom. Everyone can use it, you know, so like that would be an example of something if we had multiple bathrooms that I would be happy to do. But that's just not uh, the situation for us. So in terms of a judgment free zone, it's the people that are in the space that are making it a judgment-free zone. Yeah. If if that makes sense to you. Um, yeah. And, and can I, I just say, yeah. like, even like the fact that you brought up bathrooms first, I'm like, damn, she's aware. She knows, like, <laughs> because people don't get that. People don't get the yeah. bathroom issue, and it's just like even having the one bathroom that is not gender assigned. It's just as you said, I have one bathroom. You didn't say I have right. one women's bathroom. I don't no, even say all. I have yeah. one men's bathroom. It's a bathroom. Y'all, it is a, a bathroom. bathroom. Yes, it is a bathroom. It is, uh, again, an open space. We want people to feel comfortable. And one of the things that, like, again, the reason I'm so excited about the beginner class is because this has to do with uh, sexuality, gender, size, like all of these things. Yeah. We want everybody to come learn because there should be no reason that you can't. Right. Say that again. Yeah. <laughs> there should be no reason that you can't learn to be in the fitness space. You or know? any space. Or any, any space. space. Or any space. I'm just coming from the fitness standpoint. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. I know. I just had to like take it there. Like take it from there to grand real Absolutely. quick. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, and that's the way that we should be moving through life yeah. is, not, is yes. not being prohibited from entering any space because of whatever it happens to be that makes us unique little unicorns so i agree (laughs) but i have perhaps one of uh the juiciest questions for you oh tell me uh bringing it back (laughs) to fear 
What is the one thing fear has taught you? Oy, um, I think fear has actually taught me to push myself. You know, like there are still plenty of things that I'm afraid of. <laughs> I am not going to sit here and lie about that. And yeah. I deal with it on a regular basis, just like we all do. Um, but fear has taught me that like when you are afraid of something, is it something that you want to continue to be afraid of? Mm. Is it, you know, is it something that I want to uh, let hold me back or is it something that I want to push myself past? And so I'm working every single day and every year, you know, to push myself to an uncomfortable place because that's that's where we grow. Yeah. And I also in in your response to that, Marie, it it made Mm -hmm. me think of like the difference between good fear and bad fear, because there's definitely a distinct difference. Yeah. Good fear is the type that. I feel like it's usually more self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the reasons yep. that we give ourselves to not do something, even though we want to do it. Yes. Whereas bad fear tells us, like, that's your instinct. That's your instinct speaking, like, you know, don't go in that dark room with the right. light flickering, like, because <laughs> right. you might Which, get by murdered. The way, I won't do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I love challenging myself, even if there's like, you know, a psychotic murderer on the loose um which you could probably take them down let's be honest Uh, Uh, well you know i try (laughs) (laughs) but like there's there is a distinct difference between good fear and bad fear and i would like to just iterate that we're talking about the good fear um the kind that you know where there's that negative voice inside that's saying you can't you won't you shouldn't and it's like how can you move past those things and Elizabeth Gilbert, if you happen, she's the author of Eat, Pray, Love. And she also wrote uh, one of my other favorite books, Big Magic. Um, And in Big Magic, she talks about how you have to have, you have to not have a passenger seat for fear, but like you can put them in the backseat and let them be the backseat driver every once in a while. But there's no way that you can fully get them out of the car. Right. And right. I think that's right. Like you, it's never going to go away. Like none of our um, anxieties and fears and all that stuff is ever going to just disappear. You know, like it's always going to be there, but how do you handle it every single day? How do you take one step forward every single day? Yeah. And I would even say like, it goes in tandem with how you measure success too, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you start setting these, you know, lofty goals again, like coming back to lose weight. Okay. Well, that's such a, like, how do you define that? Like that could be in a variety of ways. Like losing weight could be one pound. It could also be a hundred pounds. Right. You know? So it's like, how do you kind of set a parameter for yourself and then measure that against what your version of success is? Yes. Definitely. And so and being able to push past each level. So it's like kind of checkpointing yourself and saying, this is where I want to get. And then getting to that point and then setting yet another goal in which, of course, fear is going to play a part of that. It's going to say, "Okay, well, good for you. You got here. But like getting there is going to be even harder. Let me just say to that. No one ever said any of this was easy. Oh, yes. Again, say that again. (laughs) No one ever said any of this was easy. And I think it's so... It will not be easy. (laughs) Yes. And it's so important to hear that and again, reiterate that because when we do, it's so easy for like listeners as a podcast listener myself to hear somebody tell their story and be like, oh my God, it sounds so easy. But you know that to get to the point where you are, where you and I are in conversation and you're telling me all of the things like... 
again, even coming back to starting Form Fitness, your own business, yep. putting everything that you have into something that you so wholeheartedly believe in, that's scary as shit. It is scary so as scary. shit because yep. you, everything that you have cultivated up to that point is being put on a line and you're taking a true leap of faith yep. and hoping that something could work out. Absolutely. It is going to work out, right, Nick? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And and having, I definitely vacillate back and forth, you know, day yeah. in and day out, like, what am I doing? And then being um, like, no, I'm doing the right thing. So this is kind of, this is kind of a silly one, but, um, have you read the book, The Secret, or do you know about The Secret? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so, you know, part of me is like, it's really silly, and then the other part of me is like, no, it's 100% right. Like, you have to be positive, and you have to, um, you know, turn the negative thoughts into positive thoughts, and um, I am absolutely afraid that I will be on the streets, but <laughs> no, I'm also, I'm going to be successful because I'm going to work my ass off. Right. You know? Right. Right. I was familiar with The Secret back, it's been around for a while, I think it was like yeah. 2000, yeah. like 9 or 10 that I remember mm-hmm. listening to it. And the thing that I did take away from that, and again, it's like books, any sort of media, it's what you get out of it. It's not so much Absolutely. like you have to adhere to that lesson to no. the nth degree, but it's like what you find in it. And the thing that I did appreciate about that methodology was, or ideology as it were, is don't say what you're afraid of. Right. right. Don't say what you don't want, but say what you do want and exactly. realize the risks involved. Exactly. I definitely appreciate that. But yeah, <laughs> totally get that as a fellow business owner. Um, <laughs> so tell me more about the workshops that you're going to be providing at Forms. So is it just like one singular workshop where folks can come and kind of, will it be a, a sort of roundtable discussion about fear or, yes. or the things that hold us back? Absolutely. So specifically... Again, we're we're doing a team Spartan run on April 13th at City Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to join the team, it's all on our Instagram page, like all the directions and stuff like that on how to join. Yep. And then leading up to that Spartan race, we have four workshops um, in the in the calendar. The link is in the bio. It has we have it all on Eventbrite, so it's easy to sign up. And basically, we're calling it a workshop and not a workout because. Part of it will be we want to chit chat and let everybody again, like, bring what you're afraid to the table. Let us lay it out and let's talk about it. And let, and we're going to discuss, like, I'm going to give everyone a heads up. Like, what are the obstacles that are going to happen? What are you going to what do you need to know? What do you need to wear? What do you need to be prepared for? Yeah. And then we'll do a group workout together each time. And so that also just creates team camaraderie. Yeah. Um, so there's four, so there's four of those workshops that are, uh, in the books right now. And, um, they are starting on February 3rd. Excellent. So again, if you are in the New York city area, we definitely recommend checking form fitness out. And, uh, can we find you, I know we can find you on Instagram and you have a website and all of those things. Do you mind? Yeah, we have a website, Instagram and a Facebook page. And on the Facebook page, we, um, we're not super, super active on the Facebook page. Like, um, social media is just hard for me generally I'm doing my best um but we do post all sorts of articles um we posted one that you wrote the other day yes which was a really good article thank you very Um, much but we just you're welcome but um we just are posting things that we think people should read and like from all different standpoints so it's kind of a very broad um list of things but and and most of it pertains to fitness in some way yeah um 
but we'd love to hear from anyone if anyone just has questions or anything like that we'd love to hear from people absolutely and just to like preface that article it was about um, companies and taking moral stances and one thing that i do appreciate about form fitness is that as a new company addressing like where morality falls in in the ethic in the business ethics of yeah. of that company you know so absolutely thank you for that you're welcome um, maury it has been such a pleasure to have you on and i hope everyone feels inspired to tackle their own fears again the healthy fear not the bad fear don't be wandering <laughs> into abandoned buildings we're not encouraging that um but jump on over to is it formfitnessbk.com uh, formfitnessbk.com is the website and at formfitnessbk is the Instagram. Excellent. And can we follow you personally as well? Absolutely. Uh, at Morit Summers, M-O-R-I-T-S-U-M-M-E-R-S. And again, if you would like to also check out Morit's recommendation of the subtle art of not giving a fuck, you can find that on www.audibletrial.com forward slash typed out. And again, subscribe for free and listen along. I have been your host, Nick Polifrone. This has been a typed out production, and we will see you again next week.